0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the News Agent Podcast. I'm Susie Lysett, Content Executive, and this week we'll be looking at some of the key legislation changes in lettings that are hot topics at the minute, uh, and how one agency in particular is continuing to support its tenants and landlords throughout. Uh, that's agencies Martin & Co, Blackpool and Lancaster, and I have I have Hamza Anwar, Director at that branch with me today. So, Hamza, thanks very much for joining me.
1: Now, thank you for having me, Suzanne. I'm looking forward to having this conversation.
0: Me too. Um, Well, perhaps just to start us off, it's it's always good to hear a bit more about the agents that that I speak with um, that that join us on this podcast. So perhaps if you could just start by telling us a little bit about you, a bit about your branch, your agency.
1: Yeah, amazing. Uh, So I was a landlord. I bought my first couple of properties straight out of university. I was working abroad in South Africa and I was really struggling with the property management. Uh, And my letting agent at the time. And literally, uh, I was at a crossroads either to extend my employment in South Africa or move back to the UK. And literally, I come across a wrapped car, Martin & Cole wrapped car, googled it and found out, you know, it's a franchised operation. And I thought, you know what? Uh, I've had a really bad experience with the renting of my property. My tenant had to paid rent for nine months basically and I didn't understand what I meant to do, is this normal or whatever. And that's how like my journey started into you know becoming my own kind of letting agency in the area and I was always passionate about property. Obviously got into property quite a young age and always wanted to have my own business. And literally I think it'll be nearly 10 years in March, uh next year since I started and we're the leading agency in Blackpool and the File Coast now. We have an office in Lancaster and I've grown my property portfolio at that time and I think landlords really like my approach because I'm a landlord myself whereas if they're going to another agent, yeah, they might have the property experience but they're not really investing their own money into property. They're not really facing the issues that landlords are facing. So uh, I've got a really good relationship with landlords and I'm always trying to give them the kind of value and looking out for opportunities and now... Expanding my portfolio into, you know, service accommodation, HMOs, commercial. So a lot of advice and value that, you know, I'm able to provide to my clients.
0: Certainly a lot of experience and uh, that you're bringing to the table to be able to support your landlords with, especially the fact that you have literally the same experience perhaps in a lot of cases uh, as 100%. them um, and I think that your issues with arrears and so on that will probably feed into some of our conversation especially around the topic of notice yeah. periods which is obviously one of a key thing one of the key things that's uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's changed a little bit recently but uh, actually let's as, as we sort of you've raised that topic um, uh, let, let's uh, let's start off by by talking about the fact that notice periods they have obviously now reverted back to kind of pre-pandemic levels um so yeah I mean what what would you say the the impact uh, impact of that will be i mean do you have any gauge of sentiment with your with your landlords with yourself uh, uh, with having that experience
1: um do you know what i think first of all we're very fortunate uh because a lot of you know tenants could have taken advantage of the situation especially with the whole COVID, et etc but i think that's come down to a couple of things Firstly, probably the vetting of our tenants in the initial kind of period when we move them in and make sure we're securing good tenants and also, you know, having the right kind of rent guarantee protection. I think a lot of our uh, landlords have that peace of mind. So we haven't had many cases where tenants have just stopped paying rent. We've had a few antisocial behaviours and all that kind of stuff. However... Since the beginning of the lockdown, arrears was always important, but it became even more important to us as a business to manage. So we were literally dealing with the issues straight away. If a tenant um, stopped paying rent, we were asking, look, how can we support you? What's going on? And what landlords aren't aware of is if a tenant does go out of unemployment, you know, you can claim for universal credit, the tenant can claim for housing benefit or universal credit support, which in most cases, especially in our area, would have covered our average rent, you know. So the average rent would have been covered by government support. So we found sometimes tenants are claiming it and not advising us and they were getting the money. So then it's just having them conversation with the local authorities or universal credit to get the payments direct. Uh, And then there was a fortunate landlords that had, you know, rent guarantee protection in place. And, you know, they had that peace of mind and i'm a big believer of rent guarantee and i feel like i'm putting a plug in for good lord now but i've probably had a real bad experience when you know uh I was on a salary and, you know, I had cash flow issues with mortgage to pay, etc. And my age at the time, you know, wasn't giving me updates on the rent. And nine months without rent had like a significant adverse kind of effect on on myself. And I wish I had rent guarantee protection at that point. And now I think landlords are relieved. There have been a couple of instances where, you know, we have started serving notices because the landlord just waiting for that period to come down. But for us, it's not, you know, I had... A huge impact over that six-month period, over the last year you know, since lockdown started, where, you know, we've had some problematic tenants. There's just been a handful of issues. But I think that's down to, like I said, managing issues when they arise, where I think a lot of landlords, they put their you know, head in the sand and don't want to deal with issues and don't call the tenants. You've got to face them, you know, these issues head on and also making sure we put the right tenants into the property at first instance and not putting the first tenant that comes along, really making sure we're quite picky and selective with our tenants. Hopefully that answers your question.
0: Or <laughs> It certainly does. I think, to be fair, I think there are probably a few extra things that we can delve into with that. I mean, the fact that you've obviously gone out of your way to ensure that, that your tenants and perhaps your landlords as well as are aware of some of the extra financial support that's available with universal credits and so on. Um, what, what do you think the impact will be of the furlough scheme ending, uh, the fact that universal credit, that, that extra sort of £20 boost is perhaps being reduced um, by, by the government? Uh, you know, what, what do you think the impact of that will be, whether it's in terms of arrears, whether it's perhaps in terms of um i don't know the referencing criteria or or, or how yeah. what a, you know how uh, what you look for in a, in a tenant
1: 100% so um first of all we are very concerned about furlough scheme ending um mm-hmm. 6 months ago you know uh, march april time i was thinking how's it going to impact the business in regards to rents not coming in etc uh um, Blackpool, you know, very kind of seasonal place. Uh, however, the hospitality sector has absolutely boomed with, you know, staycation, benefiting the whole of the country. Uh, and I feel like maybe in March, April time, 30% of our tenants may have been receiving, you know, furlough. They were off on furlough. Uh and I feel like when the scheme's ended, I don't have the exact numbers, but from you know what I hear on the ground, I don't think there's more than 5%, 10% people that are still in receipt of furlough. So either they've returned back to their original work or they found work elsewhere. So we found a lot of people had started working. Uh, and Blackpool, you know, it's been every business owner I speak to here in the hospitality sector, they're really struggling for jobs. And I think right now there's a huge shortage of employment. Uh, There's a lot of job vacancies out there. So it's not a situation where furlough schemes ended and people can't get jobs. And the people that were on furlough or their jobs, they knew their jobs wouldn't be extended, they found jobs elsewhere. So I don't think it's going to be as bad as what we initially would have thought. And if someone in the worst case scenario isn't able to, obviously, you know, uh, get a job post furlough. There's obviously all the government support in the form of uh, housing benefit and universal credit, which I know in some areas might not cover the average rent. But in Blackpool, our average rent for a three-bedroom house is just over £600. The council will pay you 565 five, I believe it is. So, you know, you can pretty much cover most of the average rent in the area from the government support you would receive.
0: It's good that it perhaps hasn't had quite the impact that you, you might have anticipated, especially no, no with hospitality kidding. being quite a strong sector within, uh, within your region. Um, yeah. is that, is that kind of, is that a continuous conversation that you have with landlords, keeping them apprised of, um, what you're seeing? You know, do you have to go to your landlords, um, as I say, during the referencing process and have that conversation about furlough or, or anything like that? Are you taking any extra steps in that regard? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so obviously I think with the furlough, with the references, actually this is a good point. So over the last couple of months, the number of applicants we we're referencing that were on furlough, I think it's pretty much zero. And we do quite a few. So uh, beforehand, we were seeing a lot of applicants uh, obviously in receipt of furlough. So this just shows the trend of obviously tenants now uh, finding work elsewhere or coming back into the workforce. So we've had had these conversations recently Um, And arrears levels are actually the same as they were pre-lockdown. So it's not like they've increased. And obviously, you know, the furlough scheme just ended in September. But I also want to speak to business owners because they were starting to contribute towards the furlough payments. If they didn't need that staff member, they were starting to make changes prior. And giving that tenant, uh, you know, employee an opportunity to go and find work elsewhere or whatever it might have been. So I think really good, really positive situation for our clients, etc.
0: No, it does seem to be, um, and obviously there were some things that were set up by by the government uh, during during COVID, or well, other things that were set up uh, during uh, during COVID nineteen uh, to support tenants. I mean, the idea of sort of the mediation schemes that they set up to uh, to support tenants and landlords and everybody to find like the right. To, uh, mutually beneficial solution, as it were, um, before proceeding to the courts. Do you think that that's something which is good to now have in place, to have that sort of more firmly established as part of the process?
1: Yeah, I think it's really good. I think the landlords have always been put off by doing so, especially private landlords, because it is just another headache. And what we've got to remember with most landlords... They're not full-time landlords. They already have a full-time job. And for them to then go and pursue a tenant or take them to court and deal with the whole mediation process. And the mediation process is great because you can do it over the phone. You don't need to go to court, etc. And I've had experience firsthand of our office dealing with it. And I think it is really good. Uh, the tenant actually didn't come up on that call. So we just got the court order. But otherwise, we would have had to go to court, waste all that time. Landlord had to spend money on us going out etc so it's a lot more efficient but i've always found landlords they'll write off significant arrears or let the arrears build up because they don't take the action straight away and as an agency ourselves we want to be proactive so if our clients' got rent guarantee protection, it's fantastic because we'll just obviously pass it on to um, you know the insurance provider and they'll instruct the solicitors they'll get that ball rolling straight away and in ninety nine percent of the times, I always feel like if that protection wasn't there, the landlord wouldn't have spent that 1200 £1, twelve hundred pound that would have taken for them to get that ball rolling. 'Cause it's just an outlet, they would have hoped that the tenant would come to some sort of arrangement or get something sorted. Um so I think the mediation service is great, but I feel like a lot of landlords if left to their own devices because they've got so many other things to do, like I never have I would not have time or know where to start if I was a private landlord and not an agent myself. You probably end up taking no action, which becomes significantly expensive.
0: You've got the right, well, experience, knowledge in place to be able to nudge your landlords in the right direction to help support them through that, that process. Um, uh, that I mean, sense. obviously, you're right that it's it's going to cost more if you if you don't jump on these things and get the, get the process that get the ball rolling, as as you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, and no, perhaps um, continuing on on the same theme, um, we've well, hopefully any day now uh, we'll we'll hear uh, the white paper for the renters reform bill, uh, where yeah. that will be perhaps outlined in a bit more a bit more detail. Obviously, um, you know the the, the bare bones of it are there in terms of uh, you know sort of abolishing section twenty one, uh, strengthening section eight, uh, the question of lifetime deposits. Um, I mean, how. Uh, yeah, what sort of systems have you got in place to support your landlords when that comes out? Is that something that you're you're keeping your eye on at the minute?
1: I think uh, a lot of private landlords will benefit from being partnering up with a specialist letting agency. So there's going to be so much stuff that's going to, we don't know exactly what's going to come out, but we know we are going to get, you know, a lot more legislation. And I think for the whole rental market, it's probably a positive thing. But as a private landlord, they're barely compliant now. They're probably not compliant in few areas because there's so much that you've got to do as a landlord. But definitely when this comes out and, you know, we've got making tax digital, we've got, you know, the changes to, you know, EPCs, etc. I feel like, they've really got to have a good agent on their side. It isn't gonna be it's gonna be a lot of hassle for them to try and keep up with everything themselves and especially if landlords need to be licensed, etc. You know, then it's gonna be hoops that they're gonna to have to go through. Um with ourselves, we are a specialist letting agency, so we're not an estate agency that does you know, uh, lettings on the side. I think this is what a lot of landlords need to do. And I think a lot of landlords, you know, they'll go through that process of calling six, seven different agencies and they'll ask them, what's your fee and compare them with the fee, but they're not asking the right questions to get that right letting agent to support their needs and property needs. And I think... You know, like for myself, like if I want to go and get a haircut, I know I tried in lockdown, I had really bad haircuts, but I want to go to a decent barber. And I think with landlords, they've got their biggest investment, uh, their biggest assets. And sometimes they're either doing it with someone that's not the right or qualified person to do it or themselves. And it's affecting their investment and their returns. And I think with obviously this legislation coming out, it's even more important to have the right agent. I also feel like some landlords will see it as another kind of issue, uh, another kind of obstacle. And the first thing they'll do is look at exiting the market. So I feel like there's going to be some landlords with a few properties, maybe, you know, the sub five or less properties. uh, These landlords might consider now as an opportunity to get out. Uh, I feel like a lot more landlords will be larger portfolio landlords. I am concerned that if there is a lot of legislation coming out, if the you know the barriers are going to increase for landlords, there might be a mass exit of properties from the rental market. And the rental market is seeing such shortage of properties at the moment. And you know, we're putting rents up 10 to 15% at the moment. And we're still achieving, you know, record let- record time for securing rents. And I feel like these other issues might lead to the rental market shrinking. We're already seeing a lot of our landlords taking advantage of the amazing sales market at the moment and selling their properties. So I think that's one thing the government needs to be aware of, that the rental market, the private rental sector, is so, so important for the economy. Uh, We don't want to put landlords from entering or, you know, promote them to, Kind of, you know, exit the market.
0: It's all very interesting. I mean, obviously the trends that you're seeing, they're similar to trends, with the other agents that I've spoken with. It's, uh, it does seem to be the, the, the question on everybody's lips on, on how to solve the, the question of supply. I mean, do you, do you have any solutions, any potential suggestions that, that, uh, that you think that would, you know, whether it's, uh, support landlords to stay in the market or whether it's, uh, you know, another alternative solution?
1: I think for landlords, it's a difficult kind of situation because the way they're looking, at the digital stamp duty, they've got all these other legislation, all this kind of stuff. But I think landlords haven't got that many great opportunities for investments. Like buy-to-let is still a huge, huge uh, beneficial investment, with great returns, especially in our area that can be secured. Uh, I think there needs to be some sort of campaign to kind of encourage landlords. But personally, I feel like with the rents rising, it means the yields are significantly higher and it should make renting a lot more attractive. The government need to be making sure it is simple uh, to rent out your property or, you know, it's clear guidance. At the moment, there's too much confusion in the market for a landlord. And I think potential landlords are being put off by entering the market. So I'm not seeing many first-time landlords now entering the market. And I think maybe that is because you know, investing in property I don't know if it's as popular. Maybe like whenever someone will speak about it in the pub, they'll kind of have a conversation with, or, oh, you know, really do encourage, you know, first-hand buyers. A lot of people uh, are not going to want to rent in the future. There's all these government incentives to get instead of people from renting to buying properties. And, you know, uh, there's a lot of issues in regards to legislation. You've got to do this. Tenants don't pay rent. You can't evict them. The section's notice is going to go. All these things will put off people trying to invest in property. But as a landlord myself, I want to grow my portfolio. I think the important thing is, is we can't do rental like we used to do 20 years ago. The market's changed, the customers' demands have changed. I think we've got to be looking at, you know, the product, your house as a product and seeing like, look, how do we get that product ready for today's day and age? You know, you've got to think about maximizing profits at the same time. But if you've got a good product, you know, you're gonna secure maximum rent, secure great tenants. And it's going to be a very profitable uh, investment for you. And like I know with my personal properties, you know, I'll put in smart tech in there. I'll put smart locks in there. And tenants, you know, I've got a nest heating systems in there. Because that's what I would like at my house. But I also want to deliver the best product. And we secure probably 30% more in rent compared to that average rent on that street. And that's 30%, you know, more profit from me investing. And my tenants are extremely happy in their properties. So they're more than happy to pay that premium because there's not good quality products out there. And what's more important than your home? You know, there's not many things. So I think people are happy to invest. And because of the lockdowns, everyone appreciates their home a lot more. So I think for landlords, there's a massive opportunity to provide a great product. There's a market for tenants willing to pay more in rent now. You know, people are spending a lot more time in their homes. They value their homes a lot more. And, uh, you know, you can make it a lot more profitable for yourself as an investor.
0: It sounds like if, uh, if there was to be any kind of campaign, then we need to get people like you talking <laughs> talking, and putting your voice out there to support. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> it's still a good investment. Yeah, 100%. Um, no, well, I mean, it's interesting that you talk about the different opportunities that are out there, because you're, you're right, obviously, they, it is an opportunity, you know, it's an investment in property as a long-term vision and long-term investments. Everybody's always saying that that's, that is, uh, um, you know, as a long-term investment, it is a good investment. Um, um, do, you, do you think that some of these, um, some of the legislation changes, uh, playing devil's advocate, for example, with the EPC ratings, um, the fact that at the minute, tenants, uh, their demands are changing, they are looking for more energy efficient properties. I think energy price, going up it is obviously going to push that demand even more perhaps um do, do you think that the fact that the government is looking at raising uh, epc ratings to c uh, level um by mm. i think it's 2028 uh, do you think that that will could potentially be an opportunity for landlords to start looking at that being proactive up upgrading their properties now to capitalize on the tenant demand that's out there
1: you know, really interesting. So how long has been been? Like nearly 10 years, I think, since they've introduced it, 2012, I believe, or something. And I think it's only until recently where a tenant will actually look at that graph, even though we've been advertising that graph for so long. So people are definitely conscious about it and think... The government's whole idea was for tenants to go and, to, or buyers of properties to go and choose a property that would be more efficient. Just simply how, when we go curries and look for a fridge, you know, you can go for the A-rated one because we know we're going to save more electricity in the long run. So it's good to see tenants actually looking at this document and making decisions. I was actually selling uh, an invest marketing investment property for my landlord, and I had a conversation with an overseas investor, and he opted not to buy that property because it was E-rated. So you know we're starting to see this. And this is over a physical call, you know, and the client said to me, "Look, it's e rated so I'm not going to purchase it, simply for that reason." So you know the landlord wasn't able to maximise what he's getting and lost out on a purchase potential there, and the tenants will be going through that same process. Now, is it like I think for every new land uh from 2025 or December 2025 something like that you need to be C or above and obviously by 2028 obviously I think uh, the idea is that every property rented be C or above I feel like landlords it, you know uh will struggle <laughs> unless they start putting some money in place uh most of our tenancies are probably D or E at the moment And like, you know, yeah, you can upgrade slightly by changing the bulbs to LEDs and things like that. But I think for most landlords, it's going to be a major review of, you know, insulation. They've got heating systems is the biggest contributing kind of factor, I think, to the EPC ratings. Blackpool, unfortunately, especially in the central areas of Blackpool, you know, um, many of the flats, especially, they have like the old electric wall panel heaters, which are extremely inefficient. Uh, extremely expensive it tends to operate and them heating systems are expensive to replace you know for per flat you know if you want to put something efficient in an electric central heating system probably three four thousand pound and if you think about the average rent of these flats of being 350 to 370 pound a month you're spending a full year's gross rent on upgrading the heating system I means the landlord's still got his agency management you know arrears maintenance whatever the sort of costs that might be incorporated into that And uh, then landlords start putting money aside for it I 100% do and i think landlords probably don't even know what the epc rating for their property is because they never been they never cared they just thought it's got to be something there you know i think everyone should go on the epc register online and check what the epc ratings are and see you know what they can do to start improving it also i feel like there's not many businesses or services out there to help improve the efficiency but on the flip side you know we had the green deal scheme didn't we? i think uh, announced earlier last year and as much as i tried to push my landlords to do it they didn't take advantage of it and they may be because it's, was it wasn't it might have been a little bit complicated the admin involved might have put people off it uh landlords probably thought there's a catch to it you know and i don't even think it, like we might have had a couple of cases where landlords took uh, advantage of that, but on paper it seemed like a great way to improve your properties and make them more efficient. And especially if you, you know, with, uh, with the uh, energy uh, price increases, it would have been such a significant saving for tenants. But unfortunately, we didn't take advantage of it. But I think if a scheme came in like that now from the government, I feel like landlords would definitely take advantage when they know in a few years' time. They've got to get their ratings up. So I think a scheme like that, maybe in a year's time or something, will definitely have an impact.
0: I mean, actually, with them talking about that type of that type of scheme and communicating that to your to your landlords and, and you know, getting your landlords to, to jump on it immediately. Um, just to segue slightly uh, under the topic of supporting landlords, how, how do you go about sort of connecting with your landlords and making sure that they are aware of all of this that's going on and making them aware of the value that you were bringing as, as an agent?
1: Amazing. So um, what we decided to do was within in our business, uh, we've assigned all of our landlords a portfolio manager, that portfolio manager will deal with everything from, you know, putting their property in the market, finding a tenant, dealing with everything throughout the tenancy uh, and getting it ready, you know, after the tenant vacates, relet etc. Every quarter, our portfolio manager will have a call with our landlords and we will be discussing the performance of their property, looking to see if they want to sell, buy, expand their portfolios and also going through the relevant legislation. Um, and, you know, earlier today I had a com- heard a conversation with my colleague where, uh, you know, something as simple as the landlord not looking at remortgaging their current mortgage, which they've had for 11, 12 years, they could potentially save a couple hundred pounds a month, you know, on their mortgage. And, you know, these are kind of great value I think it's important to have. So, yeah, all of our colleagues will basically touch base with our clients. And, you know, early in the lockdown, landlords are concerned about arrears, et cetera. Then they were concerned about, you know, the EPC ratings, all of these kind of conversations. So we try and have these conversations as much as we can. I will also um, send out a monthly email to my landlord, just kind of, you know, advising my recommendations, all that kind of stuff, and any sort of issues that are relevant to them are personally relevant to me as a landlord as well. So it's just giving my take on it and, you know, my approach to it as well. So, yeah, that's. I think communication is so, so important. So yeah, we're going to keep that up pretty
0: deep. I do you think uh, communication is always, is always incredibly important, whatever business you're in? It's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, um, makes everything much smoother. Um, and perhaps, uh, just, uh, just one final piece of legislation, I guess, um, really, I know that we talked, we touched on it before we started recording this, but, uh, the question of making tax digital. It's another one of those ones, which is sort of ongoing, but more on the horizon. Um, Obviously, you use prop tech companies like Good Lord already in your system. So I suspect that you're probably as an agency quite prepared for it. But um, I wondered, yeah. um, you know, what what you think the impact will be on your agency, but perhaps more so on the side of your landlords who may not be quite as, uh, as, um, as used to using the digital uh, process.
1: Yeah, um, I think the first thing is if we said to most of the landlords, servant, most of the landlords across the country, and said, "What's making tax digital?" They won't have a clue. So I think there's a little, um, you know, I think the balance needs to be increased on here. Even I think a lot of agents, you know, letting agents, they won't be aware of the implication for their clients. I think at the moment it's still quite early on, but. Obviously, as a business owner, I've had to go through that process of making tax digital for my business accounting, all of that kind of stuff. And it's kind of going to be the similar thing for our landlords. I think for landlords, I think if you're doing it yourself, you're probably not going to be, and you know, unless you're an professional full-time landlord you're probably not going to be set up and there's going to be systems you've got to have in place accounting software you've got to have in place and you're probably not a bookkeeper or an accountant by trade so it'll probably take you a lot longer for you to try and figure it out and get it right and you know, if you get it wrong you might I mean you may pay more tax than you need to and um, i think landlords are probably also not, not aware of all the expenses that this should be kind of a uh, putting through as well and getting deducted from their rents so they're paying the right tax for them and i think for us you know having the right tech has helped us a lot especially from lockdown because all of our staff were immediately able to work from home because of the right tech. You know, we've had the load platform, which has saved us a lot of time. We do all of our letting views virtually now via 360 tours. Uh, so the initial viewings, so we do via 360 tours. So I think tech is so important and we'll have the right kind of software to support our landlords and to help them with that kind of, you know, accounting that they'll have to do. So, yeah, I think we will be ready with that. I think landlords, you know, we will be educating our landlords, but I think as an industry as a whole, A lot of landlords need to be looking at what their plans will be because it's just a couple of years, I believe, isn't it, now? So that time will just fly by. So I think it's really, really important for landlords to look into at the moment.
0: Fully fully agree with you there. Um, Yeah. And uh, one question, actually, just to wrap up our conversation, which I've realised that I've started to ask on most of these podcasts, so I'll continue the trend. Um, yeah. Would you say that uh, after everything we've discussed, all of this legislation, uh, the question of supply and and demand, and so on, would you say that you have a positive outlook for the future of the lettings industry?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think, um, you know it's a very positive rental market and the market's going to carry on growing but i think the opportunity is for landlords that try and offer a better product you know by having a better rental property be it even a hmo a buy to single buy to let uh be it service accommodation whatever it is you've got to really stand out in your marketplace uh before you know i think landlords just thought you know have this mindset you do a property don't do it to a high standard you can get a bad tenant that'll wreck it it's a vicious cycle where you're keeping and attracting probably bad tenants and getting bad rents um what i'll be looking at is looking at making your properties efficient making your property as comfortable as possible looking at your tenants needs make sure you're fulfilling them and by doing all of this you can be able to deliver a great product you know uh which will offer you great returns and i think unless you're doing property full-time make sure you've got the right agent to look after all your compliance and regulation needs. Um, And another thing is as well, there is risk involved with property, but the right agent will take that risk away from the process of renting your property. So if you don't do these steps, I think property is a difficult (laughs) kind of investment for anyone. But I think with a bit of a strategy, a bit of a plan and making sure you put emphasis on providing a great home and there's no better feeling for me anywhere to landlord than having a happy tenant and happy, to you know providing them a happy home and uh, i think landlords should all be trying to do the same
0: well that seems like great advice to to end our conversation on so thank you ever so much answer for joining me today
1: no problem thank you Suzanne. Thank you.